0: What's up, everybody? It's another Wednesday night. You know what that means. That means we saw some AEW dynamite, and now you're finishing off the night live here on Wrestling Inc. across YouTube, Twitch, Periscope, Facebook, whatever your fancy is, or if you're one of those people, you just do the audio only version later on. It's all good. You're part of the community no matter what. We appreciate it. We, me and myself, Justin Lavar, along with my Wednesday night partner in crime, Alfred Cunel. Alfred, what's going on?
1: Everything's going on, man. It's WrestleMania week, uh, very busy week, but good busy. You know, it feels good to uh be in the thick of things when it comes to wrestling's biggest night.
0: It is a good busy, you're right. You know, we got uh, obviously at NXT last night, AEW Dynamite tonight. is uh, like the one kind of off day. Tomorrow's the day where, you know, everybody, especially as we talk about WWE, the talents are all getting into Dallas and settling in, and then Friday, mega Friday, that is SmackDown plus the Hall of Fame. And then, of course, Saturday and Sunday, Mania Nights 1 and 2, followed by the Raw after Mania, all of which, all of the above, we will have full coverage on wrestling inc through a uh, print form through video photos social media and of course we'll have reaction podcasts each and every single night so there is no shortage of things to talk about and no shortage of us giving you some content to enjoy and we hope that you all engage with us just like you're doing here tonight as we see the chat's already filling up there's been a watch party here tonight on the sitting here on the uh, on the on the chat specifically for AEW dynamite having a watch party getting ready for alfred and i And, uh, of course, Alfred, we will get into Dynamite in a moment, but let's do what we always do. Let's touch on some of the top news headlines, all of which you can read about this and more on Wrestling Inc. And let's start with a piece of WWE news, and that looks like that they are going to go back to Saudi Arabia, which we know they would be as part of this long-term deal. But they're going to go back this year, reportedly going back to the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia for tables, ladders, and chairs, the big premium live event. Uh, Andrew Zarian of uh, Figure Four Wrestling Online noting that the uh, tentative plan right now is for that to be in September no specific date otherwise but uh that's interesting uh you know they just did elimination chamber so doing another gimmick heavy uh premium live event not pay-per-view anymore uh but september as well normally they tend to go october or november for their uh second half big show
1: yeah and usually this is their last pay-per-view of the year but they're moving it up a little bit and i think you know we're not going to know by you know we don't know what's going to happen between now and September, but it could be an opportunity for Stone Cold to get that bag. Let's see how it goes here at WrestleMania. I know the belief is it's just a one off, he's just going to do a little bit of wrestling brawl. But Shawn Michaels' comeback match against Triple H was meant to be a one off that wasn't even meant to really be a sanctioned match, and it led to the second half renaissance for Shawn Michaels. Now, I'm not saying that's what it's going to lead to for Stone Cold Steve Austin. But if he looks really good at WrestleMania, which I have no reason to believe that he won't, given the reports that I've heard, and September is several months away for one night. Who knows if Austin would come back for that match? Roman Reigns didn't mention Stone Cold on TV this week, which I thought was very interesting. So we'll see what that pay-per-view has to offer.
0: Well, and there's potentially several uh, checkpoints, even leading up to that, where Austin could get paid again if he wants. Mm -hmm. Now, Now, mind you, Saudi is a... A uh, unique situation. It, it is what they would call in the business a paid show, which means the Saudi Arabia is paying WWE a flat fee up front. It's up to Saudi Arabia to make their money back through ticket sales and, and whatever on-site revenue. So, you know, in that regard, WWE knows exactly what you know, they're, they're playing. I don't want to say house money, but it, essentially, it's kind. Of, they, they know exactly what they have and what they want to uh, use for this show. So that obviously is a payday. But looking prior to that, you know, if that's September, there's been a heavy rumor that probably the same weekend as All Out, Labor Day weekend, that might be when WWE returns to the UK for the long-awaited, 20 years long-awaited, you know, premium live event over in the UK. And this is also, you know, 30 years, uh, it'll be almost 30 years exactly to when they did SummerSlam 92 at Wembley Stadium. And then prior to that, you have the unique SummerSlam at the end of July. And at the beginning of July is Money in the Bank. So major, major shows. These are not just... Wrestlemania backlashes and in the, the second tier Alpha, there are some major shows coming up in the summertime that could that could the a you need to populate with big names and big attractions. Uh, but again, that could be potential paydays for names like Austin.
1: Yeah, 100%. And in a short period of time, a lot of travel Saudi Arabia in the south and Tennessee for SummerSlam on the west coast for uh, money in the bank in Vegas. So uh, do not feel sorry for those uh, wrestlers having to travel all that mileage in just a short time.
0: Well, they've been. They, hey, look, they got they got a year and a half in the Thunderdome. It's time to stretch those travel legs again. Yeah, uh, antsy. Yeah, right. Who's oh, Joe to go, Belinsky. Uh Justin, are you a Nationals fan? Twenty-eight to four loss today. Ooh, wow. Uh, Alfred, how are you doing with the Packers search? Wide receiver search? Uh, no, I'm actually, I'm actually a Baltimore Orioles fan. So, um, you know, long. That which, I mean, obviously, Nats had obviously a World Series win a few years ago. Or yeah. O's. It's been a long. O's got to some playoff runs. You know, eight. Eight, eight, eight or so year eight nine years ago which is fun but uh they just can't ever compete against Boston, in new york
1: kind of a wild score 28 to 4 but you know in terms of the packers wide receiver search that's going to happen to the draft i i don't think i've ever looked forward to a draft as a packer fan as much as this one this year because that's pretty much how we're going to replace Devontae adams i hope they spend their first two first round picks on wide receivers but uh, we'll see chris Olave might fall to us who knows
0: and then the news about uh, tonight about Arians retiring is going to the front all like this, this is the waggiest off season ever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's like, I'll believe in anything at this point where it's just one thing after another, but you know, I, I hope to see Aaron Rodgers on the field come September. We'll see.
0: We're still a, a month away from the draft. This is <laughs> uh, John Jordan, big super chat. Thanks, John. Cheers. My friends on kicking off the first real mania weekend and what seems like forever. Let's put odds on it. Cody at mania. Versus Cody at Raw after feels a bit like we're all about to get got. Uh, I, I, John, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there. I'm gonna say you're gonna get them at both. You're gonna get them at on one of the two nights. I mean, well, I guess presumably night one. That's when Rollins's matches is advertised, and then I, you'll get them on Raw.
1: Yeah, and persecution complexes run wild through wrestling. We were talking about this yesterday on the NXT pod. So these reports that Shane McMahon has been brought in is now doing what I think they were designed to do is now people are drumming up speculation of, oh, wait a minute, so it's not going to be Cody, so we're going to get Shane instead. They're going to troll us. I think it's going to be a little bit of both.
0: And why not? You know, have some fun with the audience. You know, yeah, give them, have it be Seth. He's in the ring waiting. Hit Veers music. Hit, you know, do some things, to you know, hit Shane's, you know, and, and let it grow. I mean, I, I think absolutely don't. Um, I mean, yeah, you could just cut, be straightforward and just cut to whatever music Cody's going to use and a graphic that says Cody. And the place is going to pop like crazy. But I think it's going to make it even better and even and even, you know, obviously more enjoyable of a moment if you layer it. So, yeah, I, I, this is I, you know what? And I'll go on the limb here and say this. Start mania with it. Sure. You know, they always start Mania with as, these as, 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 as big shows. It is as important how you start it as how you end it
1: hundred percent. Your first, your most important two matches are the match that starts the show and the match that ends the show. I'd have no problem with them starting this match. And uh, that comment about Veer, I will say, I might be in the minority. If they play Veer's music and they give me Cody Rhodes, I would be furious. I, I would consider that trolling me. <laughs> Look at that face. Look at that face. <laughs> I can't wait for Veer on April 4th.
0: I will say I, I am super excited for the stupendous mania. I mean, I was excited last year. You know, they had the fans back, which obviously was a huge breath of fresh air. But even, even then, I was like, all right, it's gonna be great to have the fans. But we knew that they were still gonna go back to a Thunderdome situation for a, a few more months. Uh, obviously, the year prior was, you know, we, nobody knew what what to make of the world. So this this really does feel like. And obviously, the I mean, the Austin thing here. How do you not? How do you not yeah. get jacked for that? Um, they've done
1: a good job and the raw rating was massive last night considering what they've done what they did last year considering what they did weeks prior so there is some excitement i think they've succeeded with this wrestlemania build i think so too uh speaking of
0: seth rollins uh, he uh doing a lot of the media like much of WWE's doing as they get closer here and hyping up um, mania but i uh, asked about a lot of things he did this uh interview with the sports media podcast uh with uh richard uh Deitch. uh i forgot that one right uh and it talked about different things talked about moxley talked about uh, just to state of WWE, but one thing that really stuck out from uh, this conversation is uh, talking about the AEW uh, the AEW referencing WWE on their programming. Uh, and here's just one quote, one piece, one excerpt from Rollins' answers. He said, "quote They can do whatever they want. I find it very tacky and very low brow. Personally, I think it looks and reeks of desperation, and I just don't think it's anything on our television show that we need to go there and talk about, talk down about." Those guys, they're doing their thing. They're doing it very well. We're very happy for them. I am, at least personally. Are they on our level? No, they've got a long way to go to catch up to us. And that's fine. And they know that they do things differently. But for me, my perspective, it's just a little step down for us to kind of use it as an insult. That's my perspective on it. But people may not share that opinion. Same like it is.
1: Wow, yeah, hey, that's what he thinks or what he feels. Who knows whether or not that's how he's really thinking or feeling, and who cares, Uh, because Seth Rollins does have a history of going to bat for WWE, being the company spokesman, this is not the first time that he's spoken out in defense of WWE, saying they are the best wrestling company in the world. That's what he feels. That's what a lot of people feel. And it's not necessarily a right or wrong answer. It's a matter of preference. And this was a very popular story in the comments section, as it always is when somebody takes shots at the other company. And I love stuff like that. I, and I love that Seth Rollins is never shy about speaking out like this. Um, it's very interesting, very interesting, that uh, concept, because I do believe that it is a little bit low row for them to constantly be referencing WWE, but I don't have a problem with it. I think that it does get the job done in terms of making a reaction in terms of getting people talking about it. Uh, but I could see how WWE can look at that and kind of thumb their nose at AEW using them for clout.
0: Well, and and Seth has, I mean, it it fits perfectly right now for Seth. If he's getting ready to go into a match uh, with Cody, um, it fits for Seth to still kind of take that let me wave the flag. Let me wave the WWE flag because like it or not, at least on the, at least on this first night out. And until we get some idea of what Cody's role is face, heel, where is he immediately going in the world title picture until we get a feel for what Cody's role is going to be. And that's, and then is it more than just talent? He's going to be perceived as the guy coming back in from the other company. You know, unless he shows up at WrestleMania, with his nightmare tattoo on this side and a WWE logo on this side, he's gonna, it's going to be perceived as a, whether they want it or not, a WWE versus an AEW going kind to of match. So uh, it, it fits that Seth would say something like this, and and, and he probably does have some beliefs to it. Uh, and, and, you know, look, Paul Heyman also had some comments. I forget the outlet who he's talking to, so I'm, I'm sorry to them, but you can find these comments as well in wrestling. Inc. But based on paraphrasing, and Paul said, you know, I'm aware of them. I watch everything. I watch all wrestling. I get my hands on, they're doing some good things that that works for our audience. He goes, but at the end of the day, they're not on our, they're not about to do what we're about to do this weekend. speaking of mania, uh, they just don't have that market share yet. Uh, and so I, I think it's good. I think it's a good for WWE who, you know, constantly getting villainized for, Oh, you're so far away from pro wrestling. You know, we are doing marriage angles and sports entertainment stuff and whatever. Um, you know, while you have these five star classics that AEW's doing, I think it's good for WWE to fight back, uh, and and, and remind people, look, yeah, but we got this way because you know, we've we, been doing the, we've been doing Mania for 38 years because we've expanded the horizons, we're not just about five star matches, so it's good fighting words, keeps it going,
1: very good. good. I love it.
0: All right, so uh, that was uh, some of the news headlines again, many more you can check out, uh, those are just kind of the the top ones to grab. More you can check out, of course, on wrestlingink.com, twenty four seven. Michael Martinez, <laughs> where was Danhausen tonight? He needs his own AEW Dynamite segment called "Cursed by Danhausen." Uh, no dan Danhausen tonight, but uh, always keep your eye, I guess, on Rampage. And uh, yeah, I agree that that's one thing AEW. You know, they everybody there basically has some version of a of a video blog. Um, you know, they just you know, my 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 longtime uh, friend and and and. Labar guy RJ City he's got this new AEW Hey EW series on their YouTube which is very entertaining if if you don't want to take anything seriously uh, obviously Sammy has his vlog the, the 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 box of being the elite so I I think we're not probably far off Danhausen as well has a video vlog I think we're not far off Michael from probably if if you're Tony Khan say look I'll let you guys still keep your branding of it let's work out a rev share put let's put the stuff on our youtube we need to start growing our youtube and again if they're going to ever get into a streaming situation they need to start i think having things like that that can enrich uh and bring their audience in and if it's already being produced you know with cell phones and the quality of it is is the standard and acceptable by the audience you don't need to you know dump a whole lot more money into extra production i if i'm tony khan if he hasn't already i would start again snatching all of these guys and girls vlogs up and say again We're not going to have a Zack Ryder situation. I'm not going to strip your creativity from you. You can still say whatever you want within reason, but let's just have it be an AEW YouTube channel thing.
1: 100%. And, you know, it's only a matter of time before YouTube or AEW gets its own streaming service. I think that's part of the reason Tony Khan bought ROH. And a lot of this content, which is going to be key in terms of having a streaming service, is going to be very valuable to AEW in terms of having their wrestlers then have their – content available for an AEW streaming service and dan house is one of the best he got buzz and became such a star who could get a big pop like that on national TV because of the vlogging atmosphere, because he was so good at that dance, that love that Dan Housen YouTube channel uh, that and entertains people. So I would absolutely see them doing something like this. And I don't think Dan Housen should be on TV every week. Every time we see him, he gets a massive pop. And that's because AEW knows when to roll him out. And it really is every couple of weeks. And based on what he does, which is a curse, that could get old doing that every single week on TV. When you pick your spots doing that, it's perfectly fine.
0: At one hundred percent one hundred and one percent I agree with that you're right i mean he again very entertaining and can be entertaining every week just walking around commenting on life in the backstage so again back to the um you know back to our topic here of of, of other content Yeah, you know, let, let let the a e w audience get their taste of every week on the youtube on something else but yeah in terms of dynamite what have you you can only have him appear in so many random places so many times before it stops being funny and you're right if he's not going to be a bumping machine which he's not going to be nor should he be i absolutely agree that that could easily water down what is a very overt fun act uh, if they try to go to that well uh, far too often uh, allison thank you very much for the super sticker If you are talking about super let's talk real quick about our wonderful sponsor, Manscaped, because they are the super, super super groomers, I guess is what we can call them. The super groomers is what I'm going to go ahead and call them. That's right, manscaped.com. You've heard about it. We've talked about it. We're always hooking you up for being loyal viewers and listeners of this podcast. You save 20% plus to get free shipping when you go to manscaped.com and use the code W-I-N-C-20 because Manscaped, they are going above the waist now. They are expanding their horizons, Uh, not just the private parts, but they're going to level up with hygiene routine with your favorite manly scent they're going to make sure they got you taken care of with the new all-in-one skin and hair kit for the everyday man covering you head to toe literally uh manscape again trusted below the waist but now trust them with the rest join the four million men worldwide two of them sitting right here talking to you that trust manscape go to manscape.com save 20 plus free shipping use the code winc20 we talked a lot about over the last year about the lawnmower 4.0 all the precision clipping, all the advanced skin-safe technology to reduce the cuts in those most delicate areas. Now they're taking that same technology, that same quality, that same initiative, and again they're putting it towards this new ultra-premium collection. Uh, they got the they got the wonderful brand new deodorant uh not the ball deodorant we already have that but deodorant for the uh, stinky armpits that's right here uh they got that in the new package they got the new hydrating body moisturizer which is great if you have any kind of irritable skin dry skin tattoos what have you keeps you feeling smooth smelling fresh body wash to lather you up two-in-one shampoo and conditioner plus a free gift a three-pack set of the lip balm keep those chappers feeling moist uh all kinds (laughs) of great stuff and the products don't have to feel bad about using the products uh, I mean, they—they—you they, know—they got eucalyptus oil, vitamin E, peppermint. In terms of the uh, scents, but then in terms of the actual ingredients in these products, we're talking uh, paraben-free, vegan-friendly, dye-free, best ingredients, zero compromise. So again, if you uh, have trusted them below the waist, expand like we have with the package and go above the waist. If you haven't tried any of it, I suggest you get all in on it because it is wonderful products. Whether you fellows are listening to this and you need some uh, need, need to up your game there, or ladies. If you need to tell your man, wink, wink, hint, hint, listen to what Justin and Alfred are saying, go on manscaped.com, use the code WINC20, save 20% and get the free shipping. Thank you, as always, to Manscaped for the wonderful support of our Wrestling Inc. podcast.
1: You won't have to be uh, the voice of the moist list using Mansky. That's for sure. That would not be
0: a worry at all. <laughs> Getting right to that in just a second. Corey pride says, uh, so TK signed Jay lethal for him to be the modern day equivalent of Jim Crockett promotions. Monkey brother. Monkey brother first sad, very sad. Wow. Um, I'll let you take that one, Alfred.
1: Well, I love the Mokey Brothers reference. I wouldn't go as far as to say that Jay Lethal is a jobber. No, he has not won on AEW Dynamite. And he's averaged like, what, one match per month. But it does feel like they're finally doing something with him. Uh, if you listen to the crowd reaction, it doesn't matter who he's in there with, whether it's Adam Cole, whether it's Moxley. He's in there with their top stars, and we're still hearing these split reactions where people are really behind him. I thought tonight's match, which we'll get into, was a very, very great match. I loved his match with Adam Cole. And they're clearly leading to something where he's either going to be a losing streak storyline or he'll be a face of roh and maybe they'll do an invasion angle or something but uh, i think they're finally getting around to doing something with j lethal which i like
0: yeah we will get to the lethals match here in a bit uh rich antonio was this the most excited jr has been in a while AEW has evolved from the flips and the indie guys to matches like we saw tonight uh with ftr and lethal I, I mean, I don't know about you. I, I didn't really notice JR being necessarily more excited. He's always enthusiastic about what he finds entertaining. But I, I, I did at points, again, find him like just pointing things out that is just Jim Ross pointing things out, whether yeah. <laughs> whether it's to the benefit of AEW or not. He just he kind of says what's on his mind, uh, which I mean, at this point in his career, who's going to tell him different?
1: Yeah. And that's what I love about Jim Ross. He's pretty much if you put a viewer into the booth, he's that inner conscience of what the viewer is probably taking at home. And I think that's by design. And with JR, stylistically, I know that he claims he never knows what's coming up. The famous example is that Helena a Cell bump, which is his most famous call. He did not know that Nick Foley was gonna fall from the cage to the table. That's what he says, you can choose to believe him. But I do believe that concept that it'll be a lot fresher to him if he just calls it right there in the moment. And because of that, it's also easier for him to relate to the viewer because a lot of what he says are things that I'm literally thinking in that moment. <laughs>
0: Well, we were all thinking. Uh, I tweeted Alfred on uh, Sunday. How long is it going to take to get a Will Smith <laughs> reference into AEW Dynamite? Wouldn't you know? It's the first promo out the gate as we have CM Punk getting the ring, getting set for his challenge against Castor, Max Caster, Max Caster, excuse me, Max Castor immediately going right to the Will Smith references. He drops some Will Smith references. He drops uh, CM Punk's movies the only way he's going to sleep. Talks about Hunter Biden. <laughs> makes a comment about Punk's teeth and uh some some drug paraphernalia there also makes a reference to a uh, punk poop in his pants uh, which of course is a famous uh, punk uh wwe story so max caster coming out guns ablaze, and and even commentary right then again kind of like having a viewer in the booth they immediately said well we wondered how long it would be yeah. until will smith's reference shout out to did you see the sign ringside to uh will smith uh
1: <laughs> blackpool con- <laughs> the blackpool
0: uh, <laughs> Combat club he's part of it now
1: i didn't see that. i did see one that said signed fresh prince so it was uh, <laughs> still in the consciousness i thought that this is a pretty i love the rap as a whole and it just seemed like max caster cast it aside in terms of the will smith reference he just got it out of the way and then he went into these Hunter biden bars and the moist voice of the moistless bars so You know, it was a very tame Will Smith reference, which tells me he's probably getting slapped because that's what Will Smith slaps over is tame jokes. So Max Caster needs to be very careful and watch his back. But I thought this was a good freestyle, and I like what he did here.
0: Yeah, you know, we're seeing Caster every week, and rightfully so. He's entertaining. He gets a reaction. Beyond that, he just looks good. I haven't commented, but I I was just kind of looking for a minute tonight. I was like, man, this dude looks good. Like, he's got a, you know, he's 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 built. He, You know, he's not a, he's not. Long and lengthy. He's got, got some muscle on him. I like the tights. I, I always appreciate old-fashioned tights with old-fashioned wrestling boots. Yeah. I know for some guys and girls, their style or their build, that they go the kick pack, pad route or whatever. But he's got just an old-fashioned good look. Uh He clearly knows exactly who he is and the gimmick. And, and again, the, the icons on the tights kind of reflect that. So I uh, just want to give a shout. I, I think Max Castor really, he, he's maybe one of the, for me personally, one of the best surprises and best finds uh in AEW's, you know, young young lifespan so far for me.
1: Yeah, they really need to be building around both members of the acclaim to a degree, whether it's as a tag team or I think I see both of them having very successful singles career.
0: Well the other one is uh he, he's a little banged up right now, is that right? oh
1: well, yeah he's hurt uh right now so they expected him to be back now but I think it's taking a little longer than they thought.
0: Yeah. Um which I mean and but I guess if you're him, I guess at least you get at least you're Tag team partners on a roll, singles wise. So you can still get out there and it keeps your faces and names uh, relevant. And you're not just sitting on the sidelines. that's that's one of the biggest things about being a tag team is if, you know one of you gets hurt, uh, that puts the whole thing in jeopardy, which is yeah. uh, which sucks. Um, all right, so yeah, competitive, fun match here between these two. This is certainly was not a one sided uh, affair in any regard. Match is going to end here with a uh, pile driver that's then going to uh, pile driver tombstone, as I even said, tombstone. Uh, that's then going to be transitioned into an anaconda vice by Punk. Alfred, it feels like, you know, we, we, we're we talking about Punk every week. It feels like he's doing a lot of the Anaconda Vice again, a lot of submission. Mm-hmm. And it got me wondering, like, is, is this consciously happening? Like, are we moving towards an I quit in the future somewhere? Or like, I mean, it just kind of kind of shocked me he's using submission as much as he
1: is. They're definitely doing this on purpose. Um, commentary made sure to bring this up because I hadn't even noticed that he'd been winning all of his matches with submissions recently until Excalibur said something. And then I thought about it. It's like, oh, yeah, he has. And the fact that they want me to know that means they're telling a story, especially here in AEW, which does do long-term storytelling. And I do think that whether it's an I Quit match, whether it's a match where they tell him that he can't use the Anaconda Vice, something's going to happen with this submission hold uh, in his world title match, I think.
0: Uh, and he, you know, yeah, and we mentioned world title. So he gets on the mic after uh, after the match and he talks about how, you know, Tony Schiavone asks him, What's this whole, you know, putting the hands around the waist? And, and Punk says, uh, you know, he calls to the crowd. Everybody knows he wants that world title. He wants that AEW world title. And uh, he says uh, he's going to have more gray hair. He's going to have more scars and he will be champion. All that will happen before his time is done in AEW. So he says he doesn't know if it's going to be Adam Cole. He doesn't know if it's going to be Hangman Page, but he's clearly calling his shot that after that affair winds down that he is the next man to challenge for the AEW World Title. So we kind of speculated last week what exactly is it going to do How, what's the timetable? Is there still business with MJF that pushes it off? Which could still be the case, but right now CM Punk is saying he's the number one contender after Cole and Page.
1: Yeah. And um, you know, it shouldn't be any other way and I think he should win whenever he gets that title shot if they're able to stretch this out to Chicago. Uh, which actually, I don't think it's going to happen for the first time in Chicago, but I think by all out, we're going to get a CM Punk World Title match with CM Punk as champion.
0: Allison four ninety nine. I think Vince McMahon should retire. His business is going downhill. I think his kids should take over it, and the ratings will go up.
1: His uh, well, business I'll, is actually going uphill. I, I was going to say, Allison. He, did, he <laughs> they, they just reported
0: record profits, record revenue, yeah. and record, record profits in 2021 so i know that doesn't do anything for your pocket but uh i don't think vince is he's not getting out unless somebody backs up a truck of gold for him to
1: sell yeah you can say what you will creatively we all have our thoughts about that but you cannot deny wwe's business economically they have completely done a good job exploiting the marketplace for more money than they've ever seen yeah
0: it's uh and again i mean and that's part of going back a minute ago it's it's you know It's part of public perception. They get villainized, and sometimes you can see why. You know, pandemic's going on, and they're doing mass layoffs to help that profit margin. But, yeah, at the end of the day, uh, it is a business. And it's hard to say that if you were in his position that you would not have the same kind of mindset if you're running a company of that size. That is public. That's the other thing. Everybody always compares, you know, again, AEW's young, but people always compare, like, oh, well, Tony Khan's not doing this. And yeah, there's something to say, okay, it's a nice business practice not to cut people prematurely of their contract, to actually honor it and make it a contract where you have to pay him until the date expires and then just don't renew it. There's something to be said about a very good integrity-based practice like that. He's also got a private company. AEW's a private company. You know, he, he doesn't have to he doesn't have to answer to any other cutthroat suits who are going. You could have cut them earlier. That could have said, you know, like so. I think people have to kind of keep that in mind that he has the luxury now to be a different kind of businessman. No. I'm not even the Forbes guy here. I mean, I'm on a big business soapbox. No, you're
1: absolutely here. right. No, that's I, <laughs> I second that thought. All right. They're very much beholden to their stock price. You're absolutely right.
0: Uh stock price moving up on FTR. This is gonna be the first of like three installments within the night. FTR heavy on this show. Alex Marvez backstage with MJF and FTR. Meanwhile. <laughs> Lawyer, smart Mark Sterling is <laughs> plastering up pictures to make sure if you see Wardlow, if you see this man, don't let him in the building. Uh, and, and, the, and the theme here is uh, basically uh, Marvez and it's you know, investigating is there any issues here between FTR and MJF? MJF, of course, poo poo's all that says, These are my great friends, everything's fine. FTR kind of, eh, and we're still friends with you, Max, but we're also really good friends with Wardlow. Still, we don't want to be in the middle of this. Uh, so this is setting up for what's going to be a continuing story through the night uh, we'll get back to FTR's match here in a minute and we'll comment uh, but let's move on to Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal gets a match up against John Moxley. Again hard fault match so Lethal uh not being you know jobbed out here but at the end Moxley is going to hit his uh paradigm shift DDT for a pin. Uh, and this is after Lethal tries to do figure four uh, which is unsuccessful but we do get the show of respect handshake afterwards. So you know Blackpool Combat Club continues to win, as you figure. But, yeah, like, what's, what's the deal with Jay Lethal? Is it a, is it a, is it a losing story, just down on his luck?
1: Yeah, yeah, they're doing a losing streak story. Where this goes, I don't know. Um, but they're definitely building towards something with Jay Lethal. He cut that promo. I was there on Dynamite or Rampage where he said that something has to change. And uh, you saw the frustration building where he was teasing that maybe he's not going to shake hands. But I could see whether it's a heel turn or, you know, all of the above in terms of him going to ROH or whatnot. They're, they're going to do something with him, hopefully.
0: He didn't obviously. He wasn't uh, out there with anybody else tonight. Is he one of the few lone wolves in the land of AEW factions?
1: Yeah, he is. I've never never really thought about that. I know when he came back to TV a couple months back, he was aligned with Dante Martin because he was kind of taking the Leo Rush role. But Dante's back with his brother now, so yeah, he's a lone wolf, and that just makes me think that he's if if they do an invasion storyline, he might be the point person because he is seen as you know Mount Rushmore type ROH guy um if he, he is to be used to launch this new roh in tony khan's fashion uh, i could see it be built around Jay lethal
0: yeah uh, at least initially yeah and, and maybe he wins you know an roh title and then and, and that be that yeah like you said maybe like an roh i don't know i don't know if you really can say it's an invasion if we all know it's all owned by the same person but um yeah there might be something to that um yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe they can redo and do better what vince and the company flubbed 20 years ago which was you have control of wcw and ecw and this is the best invasion we can come up with
1: yeah i know i, I know a lot of people are down on invasions i would like to see tony khan take his try his hand at an invasion we've never seen an, a, a tony khan led invasion and i think that he's enough of a student of the game where he's seen it done wrong so many times maybe he is able to correct these things i think a lot of time people unfairly judge things that are going to happen in aew based on something wwe screwed up it, one thing was when cm punk was coming in there were a lot of people more than, you know, a surprising amount of people who thought that this was all some angle that they weren't going to give you CM Punk because WWE has been known in the past to kind of trolls fans. So, you know, that kind of uh, projecting your anger on the AEW, I don't think is fair sometimes.
0: No, that's a good point. And, and that, and also what you said about he's a student of the game. So he, you know, he is, he would be a guy who, I mean, that's one thing you can say about you know some of the fun booking is if they see an, if they see an obvious opportunity, they do usually take it. So, uh, they don't know they don't overcomplicate it usually. So yeah, that'll be interesting to see if uh, if this if this ROH resurgence uh, has the kind of momentum that they hope, if it could translate into something. Mike says Alfred our boy Lashley is back what a pop he got yeah Pittsburgh is past Monday uh loving some Bobby Lashley
1: yeah it was a good crowd and I loved to see Bobby back and this was just old school like Dusty Rhodes era wrestling where you don't take the giant off his feet baby for months and months and months and then you find somebody to come up there and finally do it and it just as simple as it gets but it still works as soon as I'm lost at that bump everybody went crazy It'll be interesting. I think Omas is gonna win that match. And I would rather see Omas have his first loss as somebody who is maybe up and coming. I mean, Bobby Lashley's great, he's one of my favorites. He doesn't need a win over Omas. And I think uh, if you're gonna build Omas to have somebody beat him, I don't think Bobby Lashley needs this win.
0: FIFA foam foam daddy, you got the big giant, <laughs> then Bobby Lashley gonna climb the beanstalk <laughs> all the way to the pay window. <laughs> Something
1: like that. Rest Amazing. All right, Pete.
0: All right. We get a really quick, uh, like 15, 20 second Marina Shafir video package, just kind of educating the fans. Uh, here's Marina Shafir. And if you're not aware, here you know, here's some of the, here's some AEW clips. She's mostly been fighting on dark and um, elevation. So they showed some of that. That's going to come back and be relevant in just a little bit. So just put a pin in that one. So Marina Shafir, of course, uh, the famous four horsewomen from the MMA world, uh, formerly over in WWE, uh, Roderick Strong's wife. So um, just some background there if you're not familiar name brings a bill. all right ftr uh, match here uh, coming out in the nwo inspired black and white gear i love this alfred uh they're going up against the gun club and look the gun club getting tons of heat this entire uh, uh university of south carolina game cox arena just chanting ass boys at them it's got to feel pretty good if you're if you're two uh, young guys um like Colton austin and and you know you're able to get that much heat and response Luckily, off of the twenty-plus year career that your father made, being Mr. Ass Billy Gunn, that, this is kind of. I mean, talk about a rub. Not even have to take a bump, and you got the people on their feet ready to see your ass get kicked.
1: Yeah, I like these ass boys, man. Pause, but I like these ass boys. I think
0: <laughs> for anybody who's going to cut up clips of this show,
1: <laughs> you include the pause, damn it! I paused that.
0: For anybody who's going, for anybody who's running for office opposite Alfred and wants to put out the smear <laughs> campaign commercial. <laughs>
1: In 2022, Alfred admit admitted. (laughs) No, I do, though. I think they're very good. I agree with what you said in terms of them. You know, the legacy of their father is definitely helping them. But them, too, they're also very entertaining to watch. I really like their theme music. I like their presentation. They've really been working on their whole presentation over the past year or so, because I'll remember, I would see them on AEW Dark here and there, just kind of working it out. And there was nothing there yet. There was a little bit of a spark, but nothing there yet. But I do feel it's starting to come together. And I think working with MJF, if they are, to replace FTR as MJF's new kind of henchman as a tag team, that would be perfect for them.
0: Yeah, so this was, uh, there was a lot going on here. So we'll try to keep track of everything that's moving. So we got this match, very entertaining. Of course, Billy Gunn's on the outside. Um, you know, at one point, at one point, he's going to make himself, uh, uh, his presence felt. MJF's on commentary. He's on commentary. Now, FTR's position and, you know, the, for everything from the corner that they're standing in to the way the audience is reacting, you know, they're the baby faces in this, right? and MJF is trying to uh, speak positive about them, and and, and and we're all on the same page, uh, putting over their friendship. Like I said, Billy Gunn, he's at one point, he's going to nail Cash Wheeler. MJF starts screaming about how Aubrey is the worst referee in the history of wrestling. She's a referee, <laughs> which just pause on that. I was kind of like, you know, we, 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 you know, we've we talked about the referees. we talked about you know Jim Ross specifically. We'll make mention of the you know, ref. you got to get control of this or whatever. I was just like, man, like MJF, who you know we're coming off the reports of you know, maybe him doing a recent interview that wasn't cleared by, you know, Tony Khan and you're talking about how he's open for business at WWE. I just had a moment of like, this is interesting. Given those reports. And then just days later, we're letting MJF sit out there on commentary with a live mic.
1: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, He's still kind of shooting. (laughs) Yeah, no, very interesting. Because now you're kind of forced to think in that that mode in terms of, oh man, like, did they clear that with Tony Khan?
0: Right. Um, so we got several near falls here of the gun club looking like they might actually steal one. Uh, and then in the midst of all that, we cut to the concession stand and Wardlow is breaking into the building. And one by one, he is leveling AEW security, even power bombs one that doesn't even break the table. They just bounce off of sure. it. That always looks painful. Uh he's gonna make it all the way down to the floor level of the arena before just too many security guards for him to outnumber, and they are gonna, you know, forcefully shove him. Uh, out of the arena, uh, all the while he's pointing down and screaming at MJF, who's on the stage doing commentary. Uh, this was well done, uh, you know. No point for a moment. I thought, okay, are we going to get a couple weeks of Wardlow, you know, off TV, being quiet, whatever? And I I'm, and I'm glad we saw this because I mean, logic would say, why would he sit around and wait? He knows what arena there's going to be, and of course he's going to try to break in. That that should be the running theme for a couple weeks. Uh, and I like the way they did. I liked him having him opposite Alfred, the arena, so you had as much space that he had to close. It was plenty of room for him to knock people around all the way going through the concession. I thought this was a great little uh, jolt in the middle of this already entertaining segment match.
1: Yeah. It was like an action sequence and people were here for it. I really liked it. I love how they've gone meta with this storyline with Wardlow because it's also a commentary and a bit of a parody on how WWE treats people when they are persona non grata, where MJF has banned any reference of Wardlow's name on television. Those signs is something WWE does do. I, I believe it was WrestleMania last year, where I think it was Hulk Hogan and Scott Steiner had an issue and uh, you know Hulk Hogan requested that Scott Steiner not be let in the building and there were those signs around with, <laughs> that kind of went viral of the, he's not allowed to be in the building so that's what that made me think of but uh, I really do like that meta angle of how they're booking Wardlow right
0: now I didn't really think of that from that perspective but you're totally on the nose with it <laughs> you are uh so that's like a little distractions going on uh and then it's going to go into a really fun exciting sequence Uh, of the gun club trying to use Billy and ultimately FTR is going to end up hitting their big rig finisher so they get the win crowd pops huge for FTR and then post-match more issues with them and MJF in the ring as they're not happy with the security stopping Wardlow from coming in and they just don't like this conflict in general Uh, not really wanting to be uh, you know shaking hands and raising hands with MJF so obviously the pinnacle on shaky ground Uh, and, and again after we continue to talk about it but it just seems like FTR uh, and they're going to cut a promo later. So we'll get back to it. But again, it just seems like they're, they're they're not long for the pinnacle world. They need that manager.
1: Yeah. And, uh, and they're over as baby. They got a huge FTR champ. Part of that is how great the pinnacle is. Part of that's because MGF is such a great heel. These people wanted the pinnacle to turn on MGF right then and there. And yeah, I do see them getting a manager pretty soon. It looks like we're doing the Owen Hart invitational pretty soon. Uh, Maybe that's going to coincide with the new manager coming in.
0: Yeah. And this definitely feels like, I mean, this feels like okay this is finally what we've been waiting for ftr was super over at nxt yeah they go to raw or smackdown the footing and and positioning never really holds or makes sense or whatever uh they're done there and then even for a time and then coming over to aw granted again it was during the pandemic and daily's place and empty arenas you know there was times i was like what are we doing like like let's just get to business with them and you know i this finally feels like they're in a position like where they should be. Like the crowd wants to cheer them. They're that badass in the ring. They pay homage to Vintage and stallion, which wrestling fans always love. Um, and you, then you're right. What better way to have them break away from the number one POS in the company? So um, this finally feels like after all this time, the universe is in line for FTR. And, and they think, also
1: paid homage to a great, very forgotten Bret Hart promo when he was in WCW. It was his best promo there against Goldberg, where he said, "I came here to build a reputation, not lose one." And yeah. that's what they said there. So it just kind of shows you how deep they go with Bret Hart.
0: Yeah, no, and uh, and I mean, what and what a what a topping on all this that would be if Bret, right, in fact, if that's what happens. You know, I, I know you and I both feel like that's that's kind of inevitable. So that's going to be yeah, it's just going to help further this run and the momentum for them. All right, we get the Jericho Appreciation Society. They're backstage, and they talk about how they're the revolutionary force in sports entertainment, which, of course, if you're, again, a long enough fan, you know that's a famous tagline at the start of old WWF programming. <laughs> the voiceover.
1: I didn't even, that's right. You're right. Remember? I didn't even think about it. Yeah. The
0: World Wrestling Federation for over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment.
1: That's
0: amazing. That was around the, the 1994 new era. Yeah. Uh, uh, new, or new generation. Uh time so they're so they're doing that they're saying how their future endeavor and stars they're using every single wb corporate buzzword possible which is awesome and then they're attacked by santana ortiz and eddie kingston this is going to take a brawl it's going to go from backstage out into the arena um obviously focused on kingston and jericho eventually though the jericho appreciation society it's five on three the numbers will get the better of them and of course that the uh, sixth number being floyd the baseball bat and uh, they start beating up here so alfred i mean like i said it's five on three like who joins the baby faces? Do, do the odds get even with numbers here?
1: Um, I, I do believe that they might. Um, I, I never liked seeing babyface start fights and then and lose them, but they were outnumbered, so that definitely makes sense. We were talking on this podcast about Eddie Kingston joining up with two people. I can't remember. Oh, uh, Brian Danielson and John Moxley. I think that might, you know, maybe not long-term, but I could see him recruiting them from maybe like a one-off if they ever have to have a five-on-five match. I could see him doing it with the Blackpool um, Fight Club. Yeah, I'm I think
0: I think somebody super chat and asked that last week with, and, and you and I kind of both agreed for a one off. Yeah, but it wouldn't really make. because is not the type to be, oh, let me into your club type of thing. Right. Um, right. So uh, we'll see that because I see some people in the chat room have said Hernandez and homicide. You know, Ooh. obviously going off of the LAX there, so that's something to to watch for. Um, I, I mean, look, I I appreciate the again, I appreciate the the entertainment you know, the sports entertainment angle of it and the comedy to that. Um, Jericho, again, he's a star. I I still, it's going to take me more more time. I don't, it happened quicker. I bought into Sammy and Santana Ortiz and even Hager. Like I I bought into the inner circle supporting cast and bought in to look at them as tops, as as big stars quicker. This is still going to take me more time. I'm not, I'm still looking at the rest of the guys. Like, all right, this is too much of a, too much of a secondary cast. This is the Jericho show to me.
1: Yeah. And I think part of that is because a lot of the guys in the stable have been defined as secondary over the years, much as I love 2.0, you know, they were kind of job guys or enhancement talent doing a great job at it, but they were kind of like the Washington generals. And now we're kind of being forced to take them as seriously as Chris Jericho. Whereas with the inner circle, that was the early days of AEW, you know, and Sammy Guevara was still this up and coming guy. Santana Ortiz were a tag team that had succeeded in impact and now up and coming in AEW. So, the parts here, they're going to need to build their credibility, and I think that's why it's going to take a little longer.
0: Uh, off, off the topic for a minute, but it is in the chat room, and it relates to something we talked about earlier. As we we're booking Stone Cold, maybe Sunny says Stone Cold isn't allowed to drink beer in Saudi Arabia, which that's true. Alcohol is not allowed, right? So I don't
1: I can know. you think he- about that? Use some liquid death. Liquid death is that uh, water that looks like <laughs> beer in the can. Just use some of that. Nobody will know. Can he
0: have Heineken the 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 the, the non alcoholic beer that? Oh, I don't know, Heineken like,
1: zero, there you, you go. Know,
0: but not yeah, but yeah, that's right. He can't he can't bring his new lager over, so maybe that's a sticking point.
1: I didn't even think about that.
0: I don't know. Ws changing the culture, right? You know, they had Lita, you know, first ever women on the billboards. They're they're, cha- they're knocking barriers down. If anybody can get alcohol introduced, I guess it's it's they're
1: gonna me. get Saudi Arabians drunk. That's how, that's how we bring our culture into the Saudi Arabia world.
0: I kid, I kid. Before anybody gets offended, but no, that's a good point. I didn't even think it until I, I saw that from Sonny and I was like, I got to bring that up because I, that's a very valid, accurate thing. That that's yeah, um, not not that you can't have Austin without him drinking beer for a night, but it is I guess it is part of the package.
1: Very interesting.
0: Um, <laughs> Jay Carkill uh, backstage with Tony Schiavone and Smart Mark, uh, and uh, Jay wants to know, Mark, who we got for my thirtieth victory? My thirtieth victory. First, he brings in. <laughs> first <laughs> he brings in the librarian leave pates uh jake quickly dismisses that so then mark goes all right well i guess it's gonna be uh, marina shafir uh so that's what we're gonna have marina shafir who is undefeated in the aw world up against the undefeated jade cargo for the tbs title so uh alfred what do you make of this because obviously somebody has to win somebody has to lose um surely jade's not dropping it yet but but this would be an interesting first loss for marina shafir huh?
1: yeah very surprising it really tells me how invested they are in jade Cargill. because when i saw that video package that you referenced earlier for marina shafir i thought they did a good job with it and i was thinking wow they're gonna bring her in to be a killer and in the back of my mind i was thinking, oh yeah this will be a pretty good match for jade cargo build her up get her a couple of wins and then in a couple maybe in a month at a pay-per-view or something you've got jade versus this killer and the fact they're doing this right away I mean, I think that you could get some mileage out of this by building Marina up, but I guess they just built her up so that Jade Cargill could s- squash her. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's going to be a squash, but it's going to be a quick turnaround in terms of them introducing her and then having her get beat.
0: Yeah. And my surprise to it, is, again, is because this would be the first time on a, on like, you know, if this happens on a dynamite, uh, this would be the first time, like, you know, Marina's going to lose her on the first time of dynamite. So it's just an int- I mean, granted, she's losing to Jade Cargill, who's got the rocket strapped to her, but. Uh, so that was an interesting uh, announcement. Uh, did, did they give us a date or was it? Did, was it, ne- is it next week? Did I think
1: it's it? next week, that's what I assume. But I don't think they gave us a date. I don't, I didn't hear a date.
0: Okay, and if anyone in the chat room has better uh, remembering of that, uh, hit us up. All right, Brian Danison out again to continue with the Blackpool Combat Club. Of course, William Regal's on commentary, he's up against Wheeler Utah. Of course, Wheeler Utah, if you remember, uh, being confronted by the best friends, uh, or more so Trent, if uh, and saying you know what's going on here and and Wheeler said I'm not looking to be the best the better friend I'm looking to be the best pro wrestler I can be and boy does he bring it here in a match where you know Brian Danielson's forever over to the crowd whether he's heel or face he's Brian freaking Danielson uh or Daniel Bryan depending on your fond memories but Wheeler Utah gets this crowd on their feet and in support of him and man this was physical and hard hitting alfred uh regal even very complimentary on on more so than any other opponent uh yet uh, ultimately that we're going to get the boots to the face and then a pile driver, pile driver transitioning into a crossface from Danielson. So Brian Danielson gets a win, but man, this was a Wheeler Uta show.
1: It really was. And part of this, you've got to give it up for Brian Danielson because you know that, like you said, he's going to be over with this crowd. There's going to be built in support for him. Uh, and they were chanting for Wheeler Uter, And it wasn't just this token thing, it was just these fans actually legitimately wanted him to win this match. By the end of the match, when Brian Danielson delivered that b- b- Psycho knee, the, the crowd was, like, deflated. They, it wasn't like a big pop for the big knee that they saw. They had gotten so invested in this Wheeler Utah guy that when he took Brian Danielson's finisher, they were like, oh, which is very, something to be said because you know that D- Brian Danielson's going to win this match, but they did a good enough job convincing you not only that Wheeler Utah could win, but getting people excited at the possibility of him winning.
0: They did. This was a masterful job because, like, it, w- while the this new Blackpool Combat Club is kind of on, like, this this hunt for who's the toughest, who can bring it to us, who potentially could even join us if we were ever to dare allow that, it got you believing, right, that Wheeler Utah might actually pull this off and they might have to concede or at least give this guy another chance that he could be the young stud material that they're looking for to to, to, to join on. So yeah, I, this was a phenomenal job, probably the match of the night, uh, I, I would say, for for all the story and all the elements going on here. And again, I, I, I know William Regal. He was super, super complimentary to Utah, so i don't know where this goes but man we i, I hope will Utah's on tv next week let don't 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 halt this momentum by having him go to rampage or darker elevation for a few weeks and not be seen on dynamite this is a this is a huge showing for him well deserved and what an ass kicking
1: yeah yeah, you don't want to waste that at all especially after rubbing elbows with regal danielson and Monster. they really should keep this going
0: up next adam cole and the red dragon uh and and with red dragon all with their uh uh, stolen titles in hand uh and cole starts off the promo says you can't steal something that belongs to you anyways uh they continue to cut promos until here comes hangman driving in with a tesla that's got horns on it that would make jbl proud uh because when i think cowboy i think tesla Uh, yeah seriously (laughs) yeah so he gets in the ring uh they're fighting away uh we think adam cole and um red dragon uh have have escaped they're backing up the ramp and then here comes uh jungle boy uh luchasaurus and christian they get them back in the ring uh some more uh boom 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 and eventually the baby faces will reclaim their title belts of possession so continuing the feud here again as we know adam cole versus hangman page that is again that match is gonna happen again don't know yet when but um again Alfred, the people don't even at one point Cole said like he even like dissed the, the fans what you morons don't understand or whatever he said, something like that. They don't want to boo him. <laughs> let's just yeah. let's just get out of this. They don't want to boo him. Get 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 to somewhere where we can pivot and have them be baby faces. They do not want to boo him.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and this has been this way, especially with Adam Cole since the beginning, and that uh, he gets one of the biggest babyface reactions week after week. And I think whenever they're ready to do Adam Cole and Kenny Omega, that might be the time to turn him. I don't know if they're bringing Kenny Omega back with Don Callis, as was hinted at Revolution, and I think that would be a perfect babyface feud for Adam Cole, or if Kenny Omega is going to be the savior and be a babyface to help the elite. But we'll see what happens with the now undisputed elite, which is – what do you prefer more, Undisputed Era or Undisputed Elite? Uh,
0: I mean, it's always hard to go against the original, so undisputed era. But I mean, I yeah. like I like the playoff of the elite, and I, I you know I mean they it, they're just I mean they 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 made no attempts to hide. We're just picking up from the affiliation that these fans know from us from NXT. So I mean, you know why not?
1: Yeah, I like it. I'm fine with it.
0: You know, until Jerry McDivitt calls and says you've gone too far, just keep it going.
1: <laughs> just like they did for Too Sweet, by the way.
0: Exactly uh wayne uh asks uh am i going to new japan pay Per View capital collision on may 14th no not as not as of now wayne i'm not but if you do have uh have a good time let us know how it is
1: shout out to new japan strong too they put on great shows and they come out to la every now and then they're always great shows
0: all right so thunder rose is going to get a second chance at her uh, victory celebration of course i was cut short last week we both agreed that was probably the biggest dud of the uh of the episode last week for the new champion uh, but she comes out, she finally do, does get to talk about how she does not just want to be the face of the AEW women's division. She wants to be the face of women's wrestling. Uh, and basically says, Nyla Rose, if you want some, uh, come get some. So Thunder Rose, we'll see. Uh, had a tremendous victory in her win against uh, Dr. Baker. Again, we questioned last week, tonight, to kind of get back on it. Uh, we we're really interested to see in her first couple title defenses, uh, how, if the crowd sticks with her. If, you know, did it in her backyard in Texas, uh, I'll be interested to see as she travels around, does the crowd stick with her? um we'll watch and see but
1: yeah th- this is a promo she should have cut last week even down to her saying i'm the first mexican AEW champ that i got right here in AEW. she could even said right here in texas if they were there last week they would have gone crazy for it i felt like this was a very good promo from thunder rosa calling herself a foundation rather than a pillar and but you know i would much rather have this be her victory celebration
0: i agree i agree uh, we do get one more FTR installment. As we said, they do cut a promo backstage, just basically noting, as Alfred said, they kind of play uh reference to that rep, to that uh, line of, you know, we're, we're here to, you know, build a reputation. Um, we're serious. We're the AAA champs this Friday. We're going to become ring of honor champs. And then we're going to become two, two time AEW tag team champions. I know oh, young bucks. We want to challenge, uh, we'll challenge you guys again. That, that's obviously, again, we we've seen it before. Yes, but it is the money match that when they got into AEW, it's like, this is what you got to build around. And it, the way they went about it was again certainly questionable maybe again now that we're in front of full arenas they'll do it more and honestly uh they'll put more effort into bucks versus ftr but um yeah. ftr certainly maybe the highest stock of the night quite frankly
1: absolutely especially they're playing new characters as baby faces now they're you know triple a champions I, I think they're they're really gonna start to build them up and they might those tag team titles seem up for grabs. Even though the Jurassic Express is doing a fine job with them, they're kind of first-time champions who are getting used to being champions and whatnot, and it always feels like at any given time when they're facing these legacy tag teams that they can get beat. And I think FTR is a candidate.
0: Yeah, I, absolutely. Again, I it just felt like tonight, they're you know, wheeler Utah, um, stock rising, FTR to stock rising. Again, like I said, just kind of put perfectly in the position where they are of, of breaking away from MJF and got the crowd. Behind them. Uh Brian Barry, Justin Labar is Seth's opponent at Mania.
1: What? Oh my god, breaking news here on the podcast. My goodness. Why did you tell me this?
0: No, I'm not confirming it.
1: <laughs> okay, well, we'll confirm off air. We'll if I, my if
0: I was, I wouldn't confirm it. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. <laughs> All right, let's get into what maybe is the biggest headline coming out for some people here is we're gonna get an Owen Hart tournament qualifying match. we gonna get the bunny versus a mystery opponent. And uh, through a lot of buzz and speculation, it is Tony Storm. Huge reaction from the South Carolina crowd. And uh, again, AW normally does this. It's competitive matches. They often don't, they, they don't normally go for the squash match. Competitive match between these two. Uh, Tony Storm's going to hit her Storm Zero. It's basically a short end kind of pile driver. Um, I'll get back to that in a second. But Tony Storm, I got to say, obviously, good performance, crowd uh, reacting, watching social media. Really, you know, there's always kind of a divisive opinion whenever former WWE talents show up. There's always the, this is too many or what this talent is or is not worth it overall it seems like the wrestling world pretty much pretty much rejoiced in positivity and agreement that tony storm was an absolute miss by wwe and an absolute must have on the growing evolving women's division in aew i mean it seems like she's got it all and oh by the way she's only 25 years old
1: Yeah, and it was a huge reaction. People understand that she's a great wrestler, world-renowned, and you look at her as a former WWE wrestler. I don't think she's on the WWE roster for long enough to be considered a former WWE person. I think that big pop (laughs) she got was because of the name she built around the world in NXT UK, which is where she spent a lot of her time, and, you know, stardom. So I think she's done a good job building her name, and now coming to AEW, which focuses on professional wrestling, is a perfect place for her. I just like that pro wrestling is now starting to mimic real sports where all these top wrestlers are forcing their way out of their contract to go to AEW with Jeff Hardy running through the crowd and somehow getting released and Tony storm was able to get released. It's what Mustafa Ali is trying to do. Uh, so we're really mimicking the kind of James Harden era of uh, sports in now in professional wrestling.
0: Brian says, I think half the cheers were for her only fan. Oh, wow. on. I'm sure that's a bonus for those who, uh, who, who uh, go down that subscription wormhole, but yeah, I think average, right. I mean, Obviously, yeah, Most recently, uh, notably in NXT and WWE, but certainly she uh, grabbed a lot of attention internationally before being picked up by NXT, which was thought to be okay. This is an excellent acquisition by the Triple H regime of NXT, uh, but of course, that is no more. So, Tony Storm, it, it is amazing. Uh, you know, that was again the weakest spot for AEW in the launch was they just didn't have a lot to pick from in depth um, it, with the women, and now that has totally kind of flipped as as more and more women have just become available through WWE's mass departures um, and that, that, that is the depth is just totally, totally changed from what it was, even just eight months ago.
1: If, and when Ember Moon comes in, which I think might be during this invitational it's like AEW really now has no excuses for why these women and the, this woman's division should be, a top tier division. They've got two titles in this division. You've got Ruby Soho, Britt Baker, Jade Cargill, who's come along as a big star. They've got a lot of building blocks to build around now with this women's division. And I think this time a year ago, when a lot of people were complaining about the AEW women's division, I did sympathize with the fact that they hadn't quite had those pieces yet, but now I think they do in spades.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned uh, Ember Moon. That's another story you can read about on wrestlinginc.com. Fightful Select uh, reporting that obviously there are free agents, Tony Storm, was a free agent, uh, now no longer, but people that AEW are looking at, and another one is Athena, uh, frequently known as Amber Moon. Uh, she's rumored potentially to sign with AEW, but um, it's still nothing official, at least not on TV, at least. Uh, she was released from her contract on November 4th, so she became a free agent early February with a 90-day non-compete expiring. So, yeah, it, it, it's just a huge watch. I mean, right now for the men and women uh, of who, could, uh, who AEW st- still has room for to continue to sign uh, as we watch there. I will say, though, I wanted to bring this up, too, though, because I I noted it. it, it is, this is one thing I have to say that bothered me about AEW tonight. And I noted the finisher of all time. We got three pile drivers tonight that were all either the finish or the move that transitioned into the finish. You know, we got it with CM Punk. We got it with Brian Danielson. And then we got it here with Tony Storm. And, like, I know some people might say, what's that matter? I, I think it does matter. That's a redundancy thing. That, that's a quality control thing that needs to be you have this awesome roster that has an arsenal of moves that are so wide and you know we haven't really heard of any major restrictions like we hear in WWE like oh don't use the piledriver or don't don't do this or whatever. So you you have this vast open creativity uh, toolbox to use. Why that this shouldn't happen. And we we also got oh, by the way cuz I'm going to get it to in the main event. We got two DDTs that were used as finishers tonight. Like that kind of bugs me. It does.
1: Yeah, and it should. In addition to the great roster that they've got, they have great minds, too, in terms of wrestling producers. They've got the Dean Malinkos of the world, the Dustin Rhodes of the world, and QT Marshall, even, who really, as producers, should know. This is just basic stuff. This is why you have agents to help the wrestlers work out their matches, so that they can coordinate with one another, so that you don't see all this repetitiveness.
0: Yeah, it's, um, you know, again, just communication, just something simple. So. All right, up next, we get the main event. It's Andrade versus Darby Allen. Darby, 58 19 and one. I don't know, but he's got to be up there in terms of an AEW competitor who's had the most matches. Uh, yeah. That's a huge record.
1: Wasn't he? Oh, no, that was Jungle Boy, was the first one to 50 wins. But yeah, no, he's up there as well.
0: 58 19 and one. So he comes out, Sting and him give a fist bump at the ramp, but Sting's going to uh, go to the back, as does with Andrade Jose, the assistant. So it seems like we're going to have just a straight one on one, but we don't even get the match for a while, or at least the bell. Ring. It starts hot outside with Andrade uh, jumping over the top to Darby and then beating him up with a skateboard. And then they are just into the timekeeper's table, just bumping all around uh, the ring. I don't know how, however many minutes it was till finally uh, we get in the ring for the match. And then the match is pretty much just Darby just bumping around, getting tossed around. Commentary noting the size difference uh, of Andrade uh, being much bigger than him. Uh, finally, though, we are going to get uh, a case where it looks like um, you know we get the crucifix. From the top, from Darby, which looked insane. A crucifix that then transitioned into an armbar. Jose, the assistant's trying to come out. He gets attacked from behind by Sting. Here comes Butcher and the Blade. They're attacking Sting. It's an all-out kind of craziness. Andrade, though, he's going to hit his version of the DDT and get the win. One, two, three. Post-match, though, again, heels look like they're up. Hardy's music hits. They're from neighboring North Carolina, you get the huge background, uh, backyard pop. Uh, so we end the crowd, uh, happy Hardys are gonna be in a tables match next week on Wednesday, so that's cool to promote. Uh, but I want to go back, Alfred, to Andrade winning. I was hoping that would happen, but the way the match was going, I'm like, oh, this just spells Darby getting his ass kicked, and then he just comes up for one quick pop up victory. I'm, I'm really glad they, they gave this one to Andrade.
1: Me too. This is his biggest AEW win. It kind of makes me think back to the match they had at Revolution, which is like a six-man match, which is actually a very good match. But I was thinking at the time, this really should be one-on-one, Darby versus Andrade. Um, And they kind of missed that. So it's good he got this win. I feel like they kind of stepped on it by having the Hardys immediately come out. Um, I, I think the way they've been telling the story between Darby and Allen, I mean, Darby Allen and Andrade hasn't really got me too excited for their matches, but when they do have those matches, they've been incredible. They've had incredible chemistry in the ring together. And this is another, I thought was a really good main event. And I'm glad Andrade won. He's finally kind of starting to come into his own, I think.
0: Yeah. Cause, it, cause I look at the flip I had Andrade not won this, that, I mean, it really would have been all right. What are we doing here? Right. Like what, what are we doing? We, you know, we kind of had the this whole struggle with he and Matt Hardy and then Jeff gets released. So it totally kind of becomes a, a booking gift, um, at least for the, at least for the Hardys and for the babyface side of things, had Andrade lost on it. I just would have kind of thrown my hands up and said, what are you doing? What's the point at this point? So, uh, good win by Andrade. And again, oh, this, you know, this, these Andrade's group, and then obviously Hardy's and this de facto alliance with Darby and Sting, uh, getting more miles out of it, which I like. So that was dynamite, uh, tonight as, uh, That'll be pretty much the last of the top AEW headlines for the week as we get moving into all WWE mode with uh, SmackDown Hall of Fame and WrestleMania coming this week. Uh, Again, big thanks to everybody who's been uh, part of the chat tonight live, all of you who are going to check out this video on whatever platform after the fact. Again, YouTube, Twitch, Periscope, Facebook, uh, or if you just want the audio-only version, again, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audio Boom, whatever your audio fancy is, you can get it. Just hit subscribe. Tell a friend, leave a comment, do all those good things. Uh, Alfred, I know you got a busy week like all of us. What's coming up that you can uh, promote for us?
1: Everything's coming up. Uh, check uh, YouTube Bits. Uh, YouTube Pro Wrestling Bits just dropped a bit on Sammy Guevara and Ty Conte and how they are trending to be the next Edge and Lita. And then also on the Forbes channel right now, the one and only John Cena talked to the handsome African. We talked about all kinds of things. Talked about what match he's looking forward to at WrestleMania 38. And he even put over Max Caster in ways that might surprise you. He thinks Max is a better rapper than he ever was. Uh, but listen to what he said. A lot of great stuff from John Cena.
0: Oh, spicy teases there spicy teases <laughs> all right very good uh, he is at this is nasty i am at just on the bar uh, again do all the things comment like share do what you got to do and please join us uh all this week for all the wonderful things we're gonna be having to talk about in the pro wrestling world that's it we'll be back next wednesday for our post dynamite podcast be good